Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Picture it. You have to introduce yourself to a total stranger by handing them a mixtape made up of songs that tell the story of you. What songs are on the tape? Why are those songs there? Got you thinking, right? Well, we put that question and many more to a different guest every episode on Made You a Mixtape. Life, work, and the music that makes people who they are today. Authors, musicians, broadcasters, podcasters, everyone has a soundtrack. Download and listen on all audio streaming services today. Made You a Mixtape. It's not what your songs are. It's what songs are you. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Everybody get inside. We're kicking the doors open. We're so glad you're here. We got a great show for you today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNips2.com. Welcome back, Kyle. How are you doing? Doing good. Got my chair back finally. (laughs) Sent George back to Trade Pro. (laughs) He kept your ass grooves warm though. He did. He really did. It's actually kind of surprising. Like the indention (laughs) didn't change. We must have the same ass. (laughs) (laughs) oh on that note come on into the shop today (laughs) sit back relax hedge against the rage machine we'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us we're here smashing our way into a complete set of fine china sharing our ever-growing knowledge and strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses uh, if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out the Knowledge Center on financialneptitude.com, or you can give one of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. But the uh, best place to be is sign up, join our Discord server. Kyle and I are on there every day. Uh, we're sharing charts, trade ideas, entries, exits. Uh, it's all happening there on the Discord, so we just love it there. It's a great time. Uh, when you sign up, when you join, send us a, a private message we'll, with your Send us a private message with your mailing address. We'll send you a smash-it-yourself mug straight from the shop. Or shot glass. Uh, we also got... Oh, that's right. We also got those I got smashed in the shop shot glasses. Actually, I'll ah, probably so send you both. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Join now for a limited time. You can get both. While supplies last. Hey, did you get yours finally, by the way? While supplies last. I did. Okay. I did. I've handed a few of them out to some local listeners, and I have tested the shot glass, and it does indeed properly hold alcohol and transmit it to your mouth in all of the the expected manners that you would want from a shot glass. It's definitely a vessel for containing liquid. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it it took me eight or nine test runs, but uh, it worked pretty good. Good, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> well, as you can tell, we've got a rambling, rambunctious, rousing episode for you today. Did you write those down, or did you just come up with those on the spot? I I just came up with those on the spot. Pretty good. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Uh, lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than a hungry baby in a strip club. <laughs> the milk's gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you're old school, you can send us an email to the number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. That's two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call. That's, that's what I prefer. 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you are babysitting in a sleep, sleepy little town getting stalked by a crazy guy who broke out of the asylum. And he starts killing all your friends, mm. trying to kill you. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. 
It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. <laughs> of course, that would be an awkward time to reach out. Somebody <laughs> stalking you, trying to kill you. Like, hey, guys in the china shop, somebody's trying to kill me. I need help. Why did I call you and not 911? I hope you listen to this quickly. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Anyway, <laughs> sorry I cut you off. We did get a message oh. uh, on Facebook, well, I think before I was gone. We've been kind of chatting around back and forth. It was from Jeremy. Uh, he's, he's, he's contacted the show a couple different times. and always got some good stuff to share with us. But he suggested that we do the Ch- Choco Loco uh, challenge as one of the, uh, the, the bet consequences. Oh. And if you oh. haven't heard of this, this is this uh, like 2 million Scoville unit piece of chocolate. And uh, yeah, he showed me a link of somebody eating it, and it seemed pretty brutal. Oh, God. But I know you mentioned it's uh, something on your bucket list to eat something like this. Yes, it's true, but I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm terrified. I sweat when I eat curry. Well, I don't so. know that we necessarily have to do that one. I was actually thinking maybe we should modify that and do, like, the Hot Ones Challenge or something, you know, just to celebrate, like, our one year properly. Okay. Have you, have you watched uh, Hot Ones where the guys eat, the, like, the increasingly I- spicy hot wings oh of course it's a fucking great show yeah great show do you does that it's what that's what you want to do you want to get a bunch of uh, wings and cook them up and and eat them on a live stream that's i think that sounds like a little more fun because then we can maybe if anyone's got questions for us we can uh, try to answer those as we increasingly get hotter and hotter wings okay right. well let's move on and talk about some bet results kyle uh show news Let's talk about, do we got any show news? What's happening with the show news? Uh, I think this week we've got the BaCast After Hours special coming out. Oh, yeah, those guys are funny. Yeah, you should those check them out. Those guys are funny. Uh, also, a big thank you to the Major Mixtape guys for giving us that uh, promo. Uh, they're playing ours. We played theirs for this episode, so if you're wondering why that showed up when you first started, that's why. Um, Venture Point, we've got their interview that we're recording this Tuesday. That should be coming out the week after. And then we've got Shahar Abrams after that. And I think we should be working on trying to get Vico back. Yes. It's been a little while since we chatted with him. Uh, as I'm going to be using options to pay my bills while I'm w- watching Futures Levels, I-, I definitely need to talk to Vico. Yeah, I figured you'd want to have a chat with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured that would be good for both of us. But yeah, that's what we got coming up. Um, we had poll results from last week that you guys forgot to mention. Do you want to hit those here real quick before we go to the bet? Oh, yes, yes. Recording difficulties on my end had me leave a whole bunch of my notes behind, and uh, yeah, Dan failure. Anyway, yes, I do want to talk about that. Uh, we had our last Twitter poll was, uh, are these Twitter polls helping us drive engagement? 21% said, yes, I just retweeted. <laughs> 64% said, no, but I liked it anyway. 14% question mark, I liked and retweeted. <laughs> It was actually the most engagement we've gotten out of a poll, surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) Even though everyone said no, uh, yeah, we'll probably keep doing it for a bit. Yeah, why not? Yeah, they're fun. I enjoy them. Fun. Let's get the bet over with. Okay, I'm excited because AMC did me good, but I don't get to talk first. No, I get to. I believe George set you up for some madness that did not work out too well for you, huh? Well, it actually didn't lose me any money. I, I went a little liberal with his uh, his plan because uh, he initially wanted to yes. short it at open, write it down to sixty three something, and then put a stop at sixty five twenty five. But if it went to his low point, he wanted to flip around and buy it. Uh, I interpreted mm-hmm. that as uh, if he got stopped out, that he was going to just go ahead and buy it at that point too and flip long. So initially shorted at sixty four sixty eight, lost about four fifty. Uh, went long at sixty five twenty five when the short stopped out, and then finished it at sixty six dollars and twenty three cents. So I think I lost about four fifty initially, but it was still I think I made about seven bucks on the other end. So I finally ended out at five oh three oh four. Not bad. And that was on hack hack ETF. Yeah, something that I am personally bullish on long term. Yeah, that's why I was surprised when he said he wanted to short it initially. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, we just talked about how much this cybersecurity is going to do well. Why are you shorting this? <laughs> he, want, he wants his point. He wanted his point. <laughs> yeah, right? His technical analysis level. He's like, that's the level I want. Yeah. It's better than my first of the month usually goes, where I lose like 50 to $75 and then been coming from behind <laughs> the entire month. <laughs> <coughs> right? 
Ah, well, you can make three bucks and still be the underdog because I picked AMC, which opened the week at forty-one fifty-nine. Uh, I said I was going to sell half at forty-eight, and it hit forty-seven dollars eighty-five cents. So close, turning around. <laughs> so close. So close. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sometimes those resistances drift a little bit, right. uh, depending on the, the cycle. Um, yeah, ended the week at 44.02, though, so I still had a healthy gain. Ended uh, the week at $529.21. However, Random's mm-hmm. Bitcoin, which I will forever refer to as the whole Bitcoin fiasco. Right. Uh, <laughs> Bitcoin... <laughs> At uh, at the open of trading on Monday was trading at forty seven thousand five hundred forty one dollars. At the close of trade on Friday, close of the stock market trading, Bitcoin was at fifty thousand seven hundred twenty six dollars, which puts random up six point seven percent at five hundred thirty three dollars fifty cents. How the fuck did you end up getting Bitcoin on the random stock? I'll never figure that out. I was using a GitHub random thing, and it was the first first one that came up, and I said it out loud, and I laughed, and George was like, yeah, Bitcoin. I was like, fuck it. Let's go with Bitcoin. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. I said in the month review that, yeah, random needed help, so. There we go. Yeah. And hey, it could have been your pick if you would have picked the other consequences. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could I could up $4.29. Could have been. Yeah. Well, that's not how I want to win the bet. <laughs> I don't care as long as I win. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I think I gave you your first assignment, which is going to be split pea soup. Uh, when's your plans for, for sharing that? I, uh, I plan on going to the store either today or in the morning tomorrow, and I'm going to have it for lunch tomorrow nice uh i did want to say uh, just so you know i think it might actually be a breakfast food oh okay well then i'll be going to the store today and i'll be having it for breakfast tomorrow i don't know if that's true or not i thought i heard something about that in passing i think lunch is fine but you do need to wear your flannels or, or denim jacket if you have one your canadian tuxedo oh yeah okay okay <laughs> all right i uh should should i also be eating it with the front edge of an ice hockey skate to skewer the the food uh i mean if you had a hockey stick that's kind of curved shape you might be able to get that in there yes i eat the soup with a hockey stick (laughs) (laughs) just have somebody slap shot it into your mouth (laughs) oh yeah we love you canada all right should we move this rambling disappointing show forward (laughs) get to the news (laughs) Well, it's all for the money. Tune to the show. Need a good story, so my margin grows. I want you listen to all our news. You might learn some things with the China Shop Bucket News. Well, Kyle, I think there was a big, uh, big Fed thing that happened this week. Ah, yeah, there was the the non-farm payroll report came out. And, uh, oh man, that was a big miss. Big, big swing and a miss. Was the expectation was 720,000, and I think they only added 235,000. Yes. 720,000 expect, expected, 235,000 added. Let's see. Unemployment rate fell to 5.2%. That was in line. Leisure and hospitality jobs were flat during the month after leading the way for much of the year. Um, and wages rose at 4.3% year over year. So not all bad, just the growth was not nearly what was expected. But yeah. that's not necessarily yeah. bad news, right? The market didn't think so. Well, one of the things that's hanging over the market's head, right, is that, that risk of tapering or the threat of it that keeps popping up. Yeah, they're going to stop buying bonds. Bad economic data uh, just increases the chances that that gets pushed back further. So that's why this could have turned positive. I think George was... Did George mention that in the last episode? Or was it just in uh, my chats with him? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember talking about tapering in the last episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, bottom line is that even though it was a bad report, it looks like it might actually be good news for as far as the market's concerned. Because it, there is the potential that that pushes back tapering if we continue to get not great economic data. And I guess and it really makes sense that we're in a bull market and the news came out and the result of the news is they're not going to change anything they're doing. It, it would make sense that the bull market continues. Uh, yeah, but I don't think anyone's actually commented on that yet. I think that's just everyone guessing at this point, right? Making the, the assumption. Right. 
This is interesting, though. The leisure and hospitality jobs have been the primary driver of all the gains at 350000 per month for the last six months. Yeah. Uh, that finally stalled this last month, and I think that's right at the time when you were trying to get a replacement for yourself. Yep. <laughs> yep. You've been having trouble finding somebody. I think you had a couple positions where you work where you guys haven't been able to fill. Is that correct? Yeah. I, as you know, uh, I know I've only been doing it for like a month, month and a half. Uh, but as management, like I'm hiring for the hotel, mm-hmm. I'm interviewing, I'm making all those decisions. I have a stack of applications and I'll call everybody to get an interview. And no, I'll maybe out of five, I'll get one person to schedule an interview that they don't show up for. Wow. What's what the only way I've been getting positions filled is when people walk in and hand me an application, I say, can you do an interview right now? Mm -hmm. And if I interview them right then and I say, can you start tomorrow? They take the job. Wow. That's what I found works. Like uh, I've hired, I've hired, we've hired three people and two of them were that way. One one of them interviewed the next day and came in for a scheduled interview, but we'd already hired the lady from the day before. So we were like, we'll give you a call. And that's, that's actually, I was pushing to get her on the front desk. I was like, that lady be perfect. Let's get her on the desk so I can leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny that I mean, because you just posted an article, I guess it's not really funny. You just posted an article about, the, what do they call it, the Great Resignation. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about it a couple times about just how I think this pandemic has led to people reevaluating their career choices. Yes, big time. And a lot of them have decided that they just don't want to go back. And I think this is going to be really bad for like skill trades. I mean, the industry that I was in, the steel industry, we'd already been having trouble getting like electricians and uh, trying to fill people taking those roles. Oh, yeah. That might be a good poll question. Uh, Is your industry experiencing a labor shortage? And if so, I want to know what that industry is. Yeah. Let me make a note of that. Write that down. Well, at least with with hospitality and leisure, at least with my experience in hotels, I think it had, you know, a lot of hotels went to skeleton crews Mm -hmm. to try and, and survive the pandemic when all the travel stopped. And so travel started again. Right. So all the hotels started hiring. And all the people who wanted to go back to work right away got to pick and choose where they went. Mm-hmm. And they all started working where they wanted to work. And now it's just, I, I, I think more than half people putting in applications are just doing it to, to keep the unemployment benefit going. Right. But a lot of places aren't really, I mean, there's usually a time limit on those, usually like six months. Yeah. And there's also... I mean, we've got to be past that for most of these people, right? Yeah. And a lot of the states have actually started, you know, cutting those too. So they're not getting like the massive benefits that they were initially. I wonder if it's just a lot of people come into the realization that, hey, you know, wages haven't really kept up with everything else in the last, you know, three decades. Now's our chance to, to yep. force that change. If you want me to come back, you know, you're going to have to pay me. Yeah. And the people who are actually genuinely looking for a job, uh, a couple people I called like, took jobs in the day it took me to call right. and call them you know yeah because if you want to work you've got your choice that's why i started hiring on the spot <laughs> I'm like shit <laughs> if you're actually looking for a job i'm gonna offer it to you now and if you take it then you'll come start working right. for me <laughs> man this is a good time to be a worker it, it really is well and that's part of why i was like so willing to make the jump as i realized worst th- case scenario i have to go back to a job and i have my pick right now <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, I'll get. Pay- I will. I will be able to go to a hotel that's going to pay me more than this other one. You can almost dictate your terms. Yeah. Okay. All right. What other stories you got? I think we talked about that enough. Reddit's doing their IPO. You think they're going to be a meme stock? <laughs> but um, bum. I posted that on Twitter. So, what's the uh, what's the ticker going to be? So, is it going to be M E M E or is it going to be W S B? WSB. Are you buying Reddit? I don't play IPOs. I don't either, but is that something you'd want to have a piece of, like, once it settles out? Uh, what, for, like, a long-term portfolio? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm fine trading anything. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. What do you think of Reddit's prospects as a company going forward? Oh, I don't know how they make money. That's what I was trying to figure out. Maybe data, data tracking? Probably ads. It's got to be ads. has to be ads. Because they do have a lot of promoted posts and other things like they do. It should follow the same model that like Twitter and Facebook do. And if that's the case, it might actually be a solid company once you can take a look at those financials and see see how they're doing. 
I do know that they do. They've got like coins and stuff that you can buy from them to reward other posts. Yep. You can buy different tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting revenue stream to me, and and I have seen. I constantly see people do give out the tokens. So yeah, and they're usually getting yelled at later. Like save it for the stock. <laughs> Don't give me awards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Reddit's an interesting company. I'm, a, I'm really curious to take a look at the financials when they come out, once they actually file for that IPO. That wasn't actually my, my news story. That was oh. I just wanted to throw that joke out there because I thought it was really funny. But, uh, but yeah, good content. I like it, yeah. I guess I'll throw it over to you because I know we both want to talk about this story. Uh, the FAA? Oh, yeah. Virgin Galactic uh, mm-hmm. just can't get... A, mm-hmm. They just can't have two good news stories in a row. Uh, they <laughs> no. they announced that they're going to have their first commercial flight like at the end of September, sometime in October, and then the FAA comes out and basically grounds the entire flight because of uh, the Richard Branson flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently, while they were doing the boost phase, uh, they fell outside of their protected flight envelope, uh, not on a horizontal scale, like they dipped below. Uh, one of the warning lights went off. I, it's kind of unclear because I've seen some sources say it was just the yellow light. Others say that the red light came on. Uh, that's like a big deal for, for them because that basically is indicating whether or not they have enough momentum to get back to the spaceport. So like the yellow is like correct now. Red is like too late. Now, obviously, they were able to correct it, uh, but I think it was like over a minute that they were outside of that window. It sounds like they were also a little uh, late in reporting that to the FAA, but it's really strange to me because I was pretty sure that the FAA had representatives at Mission Control. So if they were hiding that, then they were really working hard to not let them know what happened. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's that red light over there? Oh, that's oh, nothing. Oh, that's just Bill's cigarette lighter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's nothing. Don't worry about that. Look over here. What? Oh, that's that, we're getting our Christmas lights up early. Look, there's a green one. See? Was there somebody in Mission Control whose job was to jingle keys? <laughs> 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 what's that red light? Shh. Oh, shiny. <laughs> hey, check out this binder. It's full of pictures of lakes that look like dicks. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, okay. So, anyway, um, back to the story there. Uh, yeah, the, fly- the Virgin Galactic is basically indefinitely grounded until the FAA's incident report comes out, determining they need to determine that there is no danger to public or the crew or the passengers. Yeah. And... Uh, no, the FAA doesn't really work too fast, so we'll have to see whether or not this impacts that commercial flight that's supposed to be happening, you know, at the end of this month, beginning of next month. The one we entered a uh, contest to win tickets to? No, that one will be the first, like, commercial flight for, um, like, the pub- uh, private sector, not not research. Oh, okay. That okay. flight, if we win, would be uh, sometime within the next 18 months. That's a long time. In the, I thought it was happening like this fall. Oh, no, no, no. Not quite that fast. Well, see, as soon as this flight, this next flight happens, they're supposed to be going through like a six-month overhaul of the, the carrier plane. So there was going to be a long delay before the next flights happened after this last one anyway. Okay. But sounds like, I don't know, they may just end up taking the, the plane and just throwing it in there and then doing that work now because... If you're just sitting around waiting, just wasting time. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think the FAA is necessarily the fastest organization. I don't think any government really is. No, no, no. <laughs> Bureaucracy is, is a slow crawl at best. Yeah. There was, uh, there was something else that happened with, with space. With, uh, I should say, not Virgin Galactic, but this, uh, the, the billionaire space. Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have been going at it on Twitter, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see here uh, Elon Musk uh, claims that Bezos retired in order to pursue a full time job filing lawsuits against SpaceX <laughs> that was one of the tweets <laughs> and then I posted another one in the discord let me see if I can find it Blue Origin hiring former Amazon consultants uh, shady Amazon consultants I think he said oh he said that they yeah. it basically said that they should uh, spend their money on developing a lunar lander rather than hiring <laughs> shady lobby executives musk musk tweeted that yeah yeah oh god yeah he is entertaining on twitter that's for sure oh god i know Uh, it's one of the persons i'm so glad i followed when i first started setting that up always a source of entertainment all right uh (laughs) yeah let's move on let's talk about some trading well no we're gonna talk about how let's talk about 
some loans are just a big mistake And up over your head Drowning in those rates and fees Someone left unsaid This is the right kind of lender To find the thing that fits your needs And you just have to call her Cause you know that she was born to be She's a loan maker, dream banker Dead saver, won't you call her up and see She's a loan maker, dream banker Dead saver, won't you call her up, go, go, go Timbles in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor, focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years of experience helping thousands of people, whether purchasing, refinancing, even reverse mortgages. Sue has got the skills to help you get smaller bills. Ooh, yeah. Nice ride. Trademark Dan. (laughs) She's licensed in 27 states and growing. So reach out and see what she can do for you. Best way to reach her is you can just give her a call, 520-977-7904. You can shoot her an email at spullen at fairwaymc.com. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. So reach out and see what Sue can do for you. And Two Bulls at a China Shop is a proud affiliate of Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro! Woo! Trade Pro Academy is the educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. And their courses are amazing. I second that. Uh, they got a great staff of highly knowledgeable, successful traders, and there's no better place that we've found to learn all that you need to know to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. Uh, I will say, uh, I've been chatting with George about trying to work out a discount for our users. So if you are interested, uh, give us a couple weeks while we try to sort that out. Uh, I know that's something that uh, people have been asking about before, and I think that TradePro Academy just uh, changed their manage either marketing structure or their team, whoever's doing all their their you know running this program. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll have something worked out here in the next couple of weeks. Get you guys a discount. Get you guys learning from the best. All right, Kyle. Let's talk about some trading. Okay. Okay. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to sold them. Know when to walk away. Those calls are done, you never count your money When you're holding on the contracts There'll be time enough for counting When the option's exercised Well, I feel like I've been talking a lot, so why don't you go ahead and lead us off? All right. Well, I uh, I had a pretty good week. Yeah? I had a pretty good week, especially I started out really strong. I made some trades uh, on Monday. Um, I was watching eBay. Uh, it hit. It hit the level with the volume. You know, I was watching on, on the, the five-minute chart specifically for my trigger. I had drawn levels on it, and uh, it broke through the level with significant volume. So I picked up some calls at $0.77 cents in the morning uh, at 9.30, and about 1 o'clock, I managed to sell those for $0.99. Cents. Nice. Not, not the, the biggest gain in the world, but it's about 30%. Uh, not bad for a day, right? Not bad for a trade. 30% on a day trade. If you can do that every day. <laughs> yeah right you're gold <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> next day on tuesday i did much much better uh i bought uh in the morning about the the tra- the ameritrade time stamp is this is like nine forty three. Mm-hmm. um so yeah within like 15 minutes uh of of it opening i was like oh look at what disney's doing this is beautiful you n- uh bottom yeah. of 58 uh 58 cents I was watching you make that trade. That's the second week in a row you've like crushed a Disney trade, isn't it? Yeah. Watching the same set of stocks is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, day trading options. Like I ha- Lately, I haven't been looking at my 52-week high list because it's not relevant to me anymore in my trading style. It's just a distraction? It's great for breakout trades and finding new stuff, but I, I'm getting so much more value out of watching the same stuff. Right. So, like, I'm able to set these levels on Disney, and they come back into play. Right. I'm able to look and say, like, oh, wow, if it breaks that resistance, 
it's going to probably not find its next resistance till here. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's what happened on Tuesday morning. Uh, Disney strong out of the gate, picked up, uh, I think it was around 180, uh, picked up $182.50 calls, picked them up at 58 cents, sold them 30 minutes later, 35 minutes later at $1.16. Doubled. Wow. 100 percent profit straight up 100 percent. i hit 100 percent, and i was like i'm not even letting one ride i'm i'm not letting any ride yeah just take it i'm just i'm just, <laughs> just taking 100 percent. boom uh <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned like the looking at the levels like cvm i made a trade on them this last week uh i tried to stagger my entry i think i had a lot at 11.25 a lot at 11 and a lot at 10.75 to try to pick up some more shares because uh when I went back and looked at the chart, because I saw it broken up over 11, uh, I had a bunch of levels already drawn out from like the first time we were looking at it back when we first started like taking the foundations course. And like it was just screaming to me like, oh, it just broke above this level. Here's the resistance that's now going to be support. You know, I put my orders in. I got filled on the top third at 11.25. And then like the next two days, like the stock traded up to 12.75, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I love using TradingView. Anytime I get a new stock that somebody wants me to look at, I'll plot the levels on there, and then every now and then I like to just go back and look at it and see how they did. Because, yeah, sometimes you'll find some opportunities and something on work that you did like months ago and forget all about. You go back and look, you're like, oh, shit, buy it now. <laughs> buy it now. Later, later in the week, I traded some Peloton puts. Mm-hmm. It was my third day trade. That was that was my first big swing and a miss. Um <laughs> I bought bottom bottom at sixty seven cents. Sold them a couple hours later at forty eight cents. So you know it happens. I've been I've been trying to work a uh, hundred. I put a hundred dollars in last week, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna work this hundred dollars up. Right. And uh, so with those three trades, I'm still doing just fine. <laughs> I uh, I ended the week uh, Thursday. I bought some Exxon Mobil puts that I held overnight. I bought them at eighty nine cents. Uh, I had my levels. I got spooked. I didn't trade my plan, mm-hmm. so I left money on the table because uh, it it went over. I had a level set, and I was like, if it if it if it goes over this level, that's when I get out. Right. And then like the next day, it had a level that day that like it hit over that level. And I was like, oh no! If I can get out now, at least I'll break even. I got out and spooked out, which isn't the worst thing in the world. No. I sold them. I bought them at eighty nine. Sold them at ninety two. You know, I made three cents a contract. Not, you know, that's it's See, not a loss. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If uh, if even I mean, your plan needs to be able to change if there's some new conditions that pop up that that spook you. As long as those conditions are making you, you know, protect your capital, right? Yeah, I guess so. Everything that we've learned is all about like the best way to make money is to stop losing as much, right? Yeah. So I like what you did. I liked uh, just getting out breaking even on something and living to fight another day because it worked out for you this time right it did i would rather i it, it's true looking at the big picture i'd la- rather get spooked out of you know 10 positions spooked spooked out of something and break even right because because most of the time most of the time at least half the time i'm gonna be right <laughs> <laughs> right to get the fuck out yeah like, because, you know, ExxonMobil, I don't know what happened, but, you know, it was a false break above that level. It didn't even touch the one in my original pl- trading plan, and it, and it fell back down, and it broke through the support that I was watching after that. So, yeah, what are you going to do? No. I should have stopped watching. No, no. I can't stop watching, because I've only got my small set. Well, no, uh, you just move on from that, and now you're looking for the next opportunity. Now you're looking for it to come up to yeah. a point where you, it's cheap to buy what you want and ride it for the next breakdown. So, with with... With the day trading options, I found it's, I only really want to draw the levels off the last five days. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good to have those levels exist for all time, but what I'm, when I'm looking for the structure to follow, I'm not like, okay, let's look at the daily chart to see whether it's an overall bull or bear. Right. I'm looking, like, my, my biggest time frame is five days. So it, it's, it's already, like, like, at any time, I can look at ExxonMobil, find the levels, and, and decide to make a trade. Yep. You know, that's that's the beauty of having the I think I have 12 on my list. Uh you should post that list in your uh in our Discord for everybody else who's listening. They want to see which ones you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to go through uh all of them and set the the levels from the last 5 days and I'll post all of that stuff on the Discord so people can keep an eye and watch it themselves. Awesome. I got one I did one other thing with the VIX and I lost 50% and that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I followed you on that piton, but I kind of flip-flopped around. Um, when I was looking at it initially, I had that big gap down. Um, and my initial thought was like, oh, I should be, I, I don't want to be on the downside of this. I'd rather be on the upside because that gap's probably going to get filled. But I bought the puts because, I don't know, it fell a lot and I don't know why. Just, you know, going back, I'm not sure why I traded this. I don't think I should have. Dan's on a hot streak. Yeah, I think that was more <laughs> what it was. I got a little bit better of a fill than you did. Uh, but the good thing that happened with that is I actually put in a stop loss and protected it. So I bought them at like 55 cents and sold them at 40 cents. And then uh, the next day, I decided, uh, you know, I want to see that gap get filled. So I bought some $105 calls at $2.40, and then I think about another one at two thirty-five, so like a two thirty-seven average. And this is where, like, the bad of the week is probably going to come from. And that's, at the end of that day, I had a chance to break out, or, you know, get out of that at basically break even. And I set, like, a really aggressive limit order, thinking that, because I see a lot of times, like, people who want something, they're going to pay up like in the last like 10 seconds to close um but looking at the structure of that i was like man this is really bearish i don't know why i'm on this side of it i I think my initial call was probably correct but uh i didn't get filled on that day then i basically sold the next morning uh for two dollars so again i I protected my capital which was good but just that trade in general i wasn't really happy with how that kind of went down yeah um uh let's see the other options trade i made was i bought uh boeing 12 17 300 calls i bought those on friday at a dollar uh that one i was looking at that chart and it's been on a nice you know it's got really nice bullish structure since the big drop in march i like the structure i got the my attention was pulled towards it from one of something vico was posting in the the trade pro discord i think that was one of his swing picks uh looked like it gotten kind of hammered over the last couple of days but still pulled in right really nicely into that trend up I jumped up a couple of dollars and then was kind of flagging. It's like, ah, this looks like a really good time to grab this. So I picked those up, uh, low risk trade, something I can, you know, get out of real quick if it doesn't go my way, but also has a really long window to, to do. Cause I think I'm more of a swing trader. I don't think the day trade on options really suits me all that well. So try to trade to my strengths. Yeah. I like that one a lot better than I like the, the Piton. Uh, I already, oh yeah. I already mentioned the sell side. I was really happy with that fill that I got on that. I, pr- I thought about taking profits the day before kind of collapsed yet uh friday i think it was trading around 1160 now uh still up on that trade i was thinking about actually just selling a cover call <laughs> when it was closer to 13 uh but yeah i was like yeah i don't know i still got shares that i bought at fucking 20 so might as well try to let this yeah try to let this you know average myself back up a little bit better <laughs> uh let's see i also sold some Bed Bath and Beyond and Space uh, October calls just to, to generate a little bit more income. The Bed Bath and Beyond was like a thirty dollar call. I sold for over two bucks, and then Space. This was right before the FAA news came out, and I'm kind of kicking myself for only selling half of the contracts I could have sold. Um, but I picked the strike that was break even. I think it was thirty five dollars, and I got a dollar thirty for each of those. Uh, but again, I only sold half of the position I could have because you know it looked like it was going up. Uh, you could have predicted that the FAA was going <laughs> to slam it right back down to twenty five. <laughs> Shut them down. So. Uh, at least I got a piece of that. Last thing I did was AMC. Uh, when it was running up, um, those I bought two lots of shares at 33 and a quarter a couple weeks ago. Uh, since the stock was trading at like 45, I was like, you know what? I need to just take some profit on this. So I sold a $45 917 call for $5.50. Ooh. Yeah. I only sold one of them. I should have done both because even if that gets exercised, right? It's a win. Yeah. Making like $1,200 just on the share price plus an extra 550 for selling that call. Why didn't I sell them both? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I got greedy. It's a good question. I got greedy. I might sell an October call. Pick one where I can get a thousand in my pocket and just, uh, you know, just <laughs> maximize whatever I can out of those. Part of the reason, part of the problem is that I want to get rid of those like in the next week to give myself a little more powder because I just paid myself uh, yesterday and count mm-hmm. the free cash is getting a little barren. Right. A lot of it's, you know, tied up onto those two positions or those 200 shares like to get out of those and free up some more cash. I've I've got to I've got to liquidate here coming up just to do my my fucking day trading stuff. Right. I mentioned it on our pre-call. I've I've put together my own risk management strategy and before before you <laughs> before you judge me too much. <laughs> I'm still only risking I'm still only risking 3%. Mm-hmm. 
but using using the the thinker swim uh, stop losses, I'm going to be using 25% trailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm able I'm able to to have a lot more of a larger position to put on because I, I have traditionally been doing like the three percent all or nothing like that's the maximum size of the position right. is three percent and then like uh, so so I'm going to start trading differently that way and and I'm going to do three lots mm-hmm. I'm, you know because 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 I've noticed that I'm not perfect at at selecting my entries yeah. and that by dividing dividing it appropriately. You know, you can you can help yourself along the way. Like, oh, you know, it, <laughs> I'll put in I'll put in this much. So so basically, it's it's like this. Like, I put in my first chunk and with the twenty five percent stop loss, it goes up twenty five percent. Well, my my stop loss is trailing. So now that first chunk is that break even. Worst that happens is I break even. Yeah. So then I put in the second chunk, goes up another twenty five percent. Well, guess what? I put on the third. Mm. Right. Okay. So you're buying it as it goes up. Rather than trying to catch it as it goes down, okay. Buying it as it goes up, correct. If it goes down twenty five percent, I'm out. Yeah, that's that's the that's worst case scenario for me. Um, I'm not adding any more. Uh, I'm adding on the way up, and the second one I'm going to have a twenty percent trail, and the third one I'm going to have a ten percent trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm actually thinking this with this strategy, like I can I can just set and forget. Yeah, you don't really have to stare at it. Like it, it, it'll turn around and sell me out eventually. Uh, the only problem you'd have is if there's a gap uh, at the end of the day, like when the market closes and opens the next day. That's the only point where you might miss your stops because it could just blow right through and then you just get whatever you get. Oh, oh, I would at the end of the day, uh, uh, I would. I'm gonna. I'm just close out. I don't want to hold anything overnight. That always fucks with. Yeah, fucks me up. Yeah, uh, I want to be in cash at the end of the day. I like it. I want to. I want to hear more as you uh, trade that. How it works out for you. I like the I like the staggering of entries and I like the staggering of the uh, the exits too. As we were talking a little bit about this uh, earlier in the week uh, when we were just chatting, but oh god, I can't remember who said. I think it was the Bam Investor guy when he was talking about like staggering your entries and exits. Like if you're doing all or nothing, like just one level, like basically you're saying that I'm so good at picking my entries that I'm going to get the best price getting in and getting out. Whereas if you divide up your entry into like three or four lots and then you just, uh, you, you know, you get in, you cost average your entry and your exit, but it gives you a chance to take advantage if the price comes down a little bit, like I did with CVM. Like if I put everything on at 11.25 and then it drops to 10.75, well, you know, I'm kind of fucked. But if I break it up into thirds yeah. and I put my bottom entry point there, now I just cost averaged in at 11 instead of having everything, you know, 25 cents higher. And then yeah. doing the same thing when you're getting out, you know, take advantage of it as it's coming up and coming down. I like that more for stocks, but for day trading options, like if I didn't pick the entry on the momentum, like I, I, you just want to be out. Yeah. 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 When it's just, yeah, because, because I'm looking at those five minute charts, you know, I'm not, I don't want to hold it overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I, if I badly misjudged if i misjudged it that badly then yeah <laughs> there's no 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 redeeming that trade right 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 when you're only risking three percent uh i with with the method that i am using it'll take me 20 complete blunders in a row to get to shrink my account by half okay yeah that's i mean complete yes. blunders in a row right <laughs> So I'm um, I'm very comfortable with this risk management strategy. You have to, like if I hit twenty in a row, I'm I'm I need to reevaluate what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, twenty five. Twenty five in sorry. a row of bad trades. You almost have to try, right? Like luck should dictate that you at least win. You know, forty percent of those. You would think. I I, I would I would think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it. Anything over a third win rate mm-hmm. is profit. Right. Just risk management, baby. Uh, I love it. I love it. Is there anything about futures that you want to talk about before we uh, jump ahead? I'm just watching the courses. I'm no expert like you. I'm not an expert at all. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to quickly talk about how the first week of orientation has been going, where I'm not allowed to trade, just watch and observe. Yeah. So I've been sharing all the notes on Discord uh, as far as like my observations go. In the morning, I, I pop up my uh, the levels that I draw out. And then I was actually providing some real-time commentary on it the other day. And I was really happy with how that worked out. Like I called a top. I called a turnaround. Uh, I called a couple of points. Like just, uh, it just felt really good to just see everything kind of coming together and like nailing these like, you know, five, six point moves or could have really made a really good profit if I was trading. And mm-hmm. 
like I, I got to recommend this uh, to everyone out there. If you're having trouble, just fucking take a week off and just watch. Yeah. If nothing else, like it's, yeah. it's given me the discipline to sit something out. And that's something that, you know, not, that's something I've always struggled with was that discipline. Like, ah, oh, I got to jump in. I got that opportunity. Well, guess what? There's opportunities all throughout the day. You don't have to take every one. Mm-hmm. Just from what I've been learning from the videos by sitting and waiting for the better setup, mm-hmm. you're just doing a, you're waiting for a higher probability trade. Right. Like that's a good thing. So the last couple of days of watching, I've seen like you, you make enough to basically be done with to double my daily target. I could double my daily target on just one of those moves the last couple of days. And there's been like three or four of them. One thing I have learned from this whole journey, Kyle, that I can tell everybody wholeheartedly, hands down, there's always going to be another opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree with you 100%. And, and taking time off, like I know I, I did, a, I had, was just work kept me from trading a lot, mm-hmm. but I was still trying to watch when I wasn't working. That really helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. Just watching, just watching. Uh, pick, pick, draw, pick, pick my levels, draw my levels, and then in the you know in the morning when I've got five minutes, and then watch and see what it did that day. Yeah. Oh, what did it do when it passed that level? What did the volume look like when it passed that level? Like I can analyze it later. Or why did it stop at this point? Like what? Why was this level important yeah. suddenly? Like I didn't identify it before, but why? Yeah. So I saved all my notes and screen images for this past week because uh, we talked to George about getting his comments on it. So I sent that over to him yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as soon as I get his response, I'll, I'll share that on Discord. So anybody else who wants to, for sure, who's following along and trying to learn this with us, uh, can learn from what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. All right, that, that well, I think that wraps up all that. Should we move on? Press on. Yeah, uh, folks, we don't do earnings anymore. Just go to Yahoo. <laughs> Type yeah, earnings, bastards. <laughs> It's it's harder than you think. It's harder than you think. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> we we got we got any earnings coming up that you you got your eye on, Kyle? Yeah, I was going to be really defensive until you sent me the the earnings whisperer post that you found on Yahoo. I was like, oh, yep, that's got all of them that I picked out except for like two. Yeah, <laughs> I found that on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Other seven. Hey, look here, Kyle. I did your work in two seconds because yeah. somebody else already did it. My motto's always been when I'm right, it's right. So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price. When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day. And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way. Sky rockets in sight. Earnings call to light. Earnings call to light. Uh, Casey's on the 7th. Uh, really like their pizza. <laughs> uh, nine eight, we've got GameStop, F Cell, and Fizz, which is that national beverage company. Uh, nine nine, we've got ASO Academy, uh, Cook, C O O K, that's Traeger Grills, and Dave and Buster's, P L A Y. And on the tenth, we've got Kroger. Kroger, interesting. All right, now we can do some crypto. All right, let's talk about some crypto. You see the cult of cryptocurrency. Uh, what's the story we got, Dan? I think we both kind of found the same one. Was it the counterfeit NFT? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> some uh, some guy hacked Banksy's website and put uh, a supposed a fake Banksy NFT digital artwork online for auction. Mm-hmm. And it sold for like three hundred twenty-five grand. Yeah, and in crypto, not cash. It's Ethereum, right? Yeah, yeah, in Ethereum, and yeah, the thing blew up in a space because <laughs> it was very easily verified that that was in fact counterfeit. And the guy ended up giving the Ethereum back to the purchaser. It's minus the transaction fees, which is pretty substantial with Ethereum. But I mean, I guess I guess it's better than losing it all. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. If you got duped into paying three hundred twenty-five grand for a fake piece of artwork, it's like getting three hundred grand back is is gonna be just fine. It's funny. Like I just wonder what was going through this guy's head because he said that as soon as he put it in his bid, right, the three hundred thirty-five grand of Ethereum, and his he said when his bid was immediately accepted and ended the auction days ahead of schedule, he's like ninety-nine percent sure that he got fucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
oh, this may have been fake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, they're wondering if the, this is another one of those ethical hackers trying to prove a point, quote. <laughs> or maybe he was just spooked by all the media coverage that the hack received. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing it's probably the later. <laughs> the latter? <laughs> yeah. In that situation, the guy's always going to claim to be white hack white hat right uh, it's their best uh, chance of getting out of it or getting away with it right like, oh yeah i meant to do that now that everyone's looking here's your money back in that <laughs> scenario we can always assume every black hat hacker will pretend to be a white hat yeah so like and every white hat of course they're not going to pretend to be a black hat like it's it's the two doors that this one always lies this one always tells the truth it's like yeah well we can always expect both of them to say oh i'm the right i'm the one who always tells the truth <laughs> Oh, be careful of NFTs, guys. Be careful of NFTs. Yeah, right? Uh, oh, and the artwork wasn't wasn't good. Well, I mean, it was clever, but it wasn't good art. The NFT itself? or the Yeah, did you see the actual work of art that the NFT represented? I don't understand how this whole thing works. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so... I'm, I mean, I may be making an assumption here, but like for that work of art, the JPEG itself is embedded into the NFT. Yeah, but isn't the, the JPEG supposed to be like of like an actual like work of art? Because that looks like just a bitmap. Yeah, the dude did it in MS Paint for sure, <laughs> which is probably why it's so embarrassing to have bought it. <laughs> but I definitely looked at it and I thought to myself, like, why is Banksy doing nineties, you know, eight, late eighties, early nineties PC art? Isn't he like a graffiti guy? Yeah, he's a, he, like a street he actually artist? has artistic talent. Yeah, but he does like his it's, medium is like Kansas spray paint and like old dilapidated buildings. It's yeah, it's it's almost almost exclusively public stuff. He has done some works that have been sold in galleries. Okay. Probably not using bitmap. Yeah, probably not. Um I actually got a chance to play with some of my crypto holdings this week though. Oh, what'd you do? Remember when we first, uh, when I first dipped my toes in the water, I bought some Cardano and Mana, mm-hmm. uh, which is that, uh, God, which one was Mana? Mana was that one that's like a token for like this whole like VR world. Yeah. Yeah. So the Cardano actually was doing really well. I think I gained about 33%. So I took all the profits out of that and then I just pushed it into Ethereum. And then all the, uh, the free coins that I've been getting, I think I took about half of all of those. And I've just been moving as much into Ethereum as I can. Very nice. Making, I made about 10% on that so far, I think. Something like that. Oh, since you first started getting Ethereum? Yeah. So, yeah, really liking Ethereum. All right. Anything else for crypto? Uh, not that I remember. Well, then draw, motherfucker. Oh, fuck, he got me. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> All right, well, do you want to go first since you won the, the drawdown? Uh, sure. Uh, my good has got to be the futures. Uh, just my timeout. Calling that top and dump. Uh, that's not the first time either. Like, Ah, it just feels really good to feel it and see it all come together. Like, I know it probably isn't a good thing to be excited to go live, but man, I'm really excited to to continue growing my knowledge and, and turning this into a career. Well, how could you not get more excited the more that it actually all clicks in your brain and the more you realize, I can do this, I am doing this? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely... You can't, you can't... You have to be excited about that. I'm excited, but I need to I need to figure out a way to kind of tone down the excitement because as we've learned, being too emotionally high is just as bad as being too emotionally low. But it still feels really good and I'm gonna take that victory while I can. Uh what was your good? I think I know what it is. Um my good with the Disney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thirty thirty minutes for a hundred percent gain. Like uh, I that Yes, please. More of that. Felt good. Uh, yeah, more of like identifying my levels, seeing it cross my level and being like, trade. And then took me 30 minutes. The momentum was strong and then be like, done. <laughs> I really dig the trading options on companies that are between 150 and $200 mm-hmm. uh, in price. Because like we talked about before, $1 of options is $1 of options. You know, right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't care what the price of the share is. But when, like Disney, when it's at 180, like 1% move, $1.80. Pretty you know impressive. I mean? yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a good options move. Like, yeah, so you can, you know, we get 1% to 2% moves in these stocks every day. That's, that's standard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was definitely my good because it was all process and then the result was fantastic. Mm-hmm. What was your bad? My bad was uh, not following my plan on the Exxon. Like, I know you, you consider it good because I protected profit, but that's why it's not my ugly. Uh, but I do, I still, I, 
I'm, I consider it a bad to me because I did not follow the process. Uh, it was because I got out on it for emotional reasons. Right. You know, the reason I made the trade was bad. Yeah, I can see how you can take a bat out of that, but I don't think you should be too critical of that because anything you're doing to protect your capital is going to be good in my book. I guess we're not the same person. (laughs) Weird. I I, I understand what you're saying, and I don't think that's... I think you're right as far as, yeah, process, not following your process, but... At least, at least your emotional decision, I'm saying, is went the way of saving you rather than hurting you. You didn't double in. It's true. It's true. Uh, uh, if I'm going to make an emotional trade, this is the best way to yes. do it. <laughs> yep. So I think, yeah, it's a good bad, but it's also, you could take some good out of it too, I think. Well, it just means I'm getting better as a yep. trader. Yeah, it's, it's getting scary good. <laughs> what, what, was, <laughs> what, was, what was your ugly? My bad or my ugly? Oh, you didn't say your bad yet. Yeah, what was your bad? Uh, well, my bad and my ugly are kind of the same. So it's going to be Peton. Okay. Peton calls. Peloton. Yeah. Uh, my bad is, uh, I mean, I got out at a small loss, but I wanted to get out the day before, and I should have gotten out the day before. I could have saved myself. Uh, basically, I could have broke even if I would have done it when I knew that the trade was over. Yeah. Uh, the ugly was that I shouldn't have been trading Peton in general anyway. <laughs> Because I wasn't really <laughs> like going back and thinking about it now. Like I didn't. I'm trying to figure out what I was thinking and why I wanted to be in it to begin with. And I think I was just getting a little just excited, overexcited about just trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna call that my ugly too. What was yours? My ugly was those uh, those Vixie calls. You called me out on the Discord, rightfully so. I've been looking at SPY puts. So I saw uh, the Discord user posted some uh, order flow stuff a on ton on of the yeah VIX. ton of ton call of calls. options. It was like, hey, somebody just bought a bunch of call options on the VIX. So uh, I was like, oh well, that'll go up if the S and P if SPY gets volatile yep. and goes shoot start shooting down. So I bought a couple of them at sixty cents, and I ended up selling them at thirty cents. So, you know, got in for the wrong reasons at the wrong time, bad timing. I was really excited when George picked it for the month, but my call options were not dated for the whole month. So uh, I just moved out of them. I want to go back to what you said about the order flow. I think the problem was that we didn't look, you didn't look closely at the order flow to see what that was indicating. Yeah, because all those trades were at the bid. Uh, and not the ass, so that indicated bearish sentiment. So it looked like what it looked like was somebody was selling a shitload of those calls. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was in the middle of asking that when you'd already bought them. I was like, oh, fuck. Dan, no, yeah, Dan, I no, like, no. I bought them. Get out. Get out. You're, yeah. you're on the wrong side. So, <laughs> that, that was my ugly. That was my ugly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I see it. I believe it. Let's do, uh, it? Let's do a bet. Let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> I'm looking at, I got three options to choose from here. Uh, I like CVM, been watching that. Uh, I like Boeing. And now that uh, the random has, has opened up the door, I actually kind of like Ethereum too. Ooh. But I feel like Ethereum has been on a nice uh, run lately, so I'm not sure I want to jump into that. I think what I want to do is go Boeing. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Boeing, and I'm going to put a stop loss at 209. Uh, actually, let's do Boeing. Yeah, two, uh, do I want to 209, do I want to 205? Yeah, let's stick with 209. 209 seems safer. And I want to take some profit at 240. So if it hits 240, I'm taking half. Ambitious. And then obviously if it hits that, then my stop loss is moving to my entry point. Okay. What are you going for? I am going for eBay. Ah, interesting. I am looking at... Uh... At the last month, it it, uh, it hit new highs at August 30th, topped out at about 77, 75-ish, and then it's gone down, and it's just been, like, ranging and consolidating right around uh, 76.50, mm-hmm. and it closed the week at 76.53, so I'm, I'm, the, the previous high was at 76.21, it's holding this as support on this range. So I'm 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 really I'm really feeling good about eBay. 
I like it. I think you've had eBay a couple times, and it's done well, if not uh, like crazy. The problem is timing it on a on a market open. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really that's really the the thing. So I'm gonna put my stop at seventy five seventy five. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a half profit at seventy nine. Moving moving my stop loss up to seventy eight at that point. Okay. I cannot find my random stock picker. Well, I just pulled up another one. So uh, apparently it wants to go with AT&T. Oh, God. Okay. So okay. T. AT&T. Public utility type company, too. Hmm. Well. AT&T is supposed to be splitting soon. Uh, splitting off uh, some of its its discovery holdings, I think, right? Yeah. It would be interesting if uh, if random ends up with two positions somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Random's really stepped up its game lately. Yeah. Stupid random. Right. At least AT&T is on a current bear structure. Yes. See if it can continue. At least it's one that won't move like crazy either. Uh, did we do it, Dan? Oh, God, we did. Oh, we're here at the end. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize it. Look at the clock. Yeah. Oh, folks, it's getting far too late. It's past my bedtime. I need a nap. <laughs> Gonna have to close up the shop for the day. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad uh, you, you're, you're here in the shop with us. It's always better with friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just we're just delighted. And uh, like, share, let your friends know what a great time it is here in the shop. Leave us some reviews, please. I'd love to read some of those. And and don't hesitate to give us a call. You know, you got any stocks that you want us to do a technical analysis on? You can reach out to us. We'd love to do it for you. We love to to work those skills. Yes, we do. And and until next time, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.